And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Offering developing worlds sustainable and secure solutions while educating and empowering the people, the Four North Project seeks needs and finds ways to fill them, dedicating not only his career but his life to the service of others. The story of Matt Gewertz, founder of the Four North Project, is one of living, forgiving. With the advancement of technology, our society has adopted what I call a self-serve model. So much of what we want is available on demand, from what we want to watch, to what we want to eat, to where we want to go. When it comes to what you want, Matt, you demand something a bit different and not for yourself, but of yourself. As opposed to self-service, your life is one of service to others. Question for you to start is, when did you decide that you would not only dedicate your career, but your entire life as well to serving others? Um, well, it's never been a lifelong dream, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you wake up or in, in your childhood years, you think, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to completely go off the grid or I want to move to this island where they don't have electricity in some areas or they don't have clean water or running water. Um, what happened was um, I kind of made these discoveries through my travels. So I was doing some small uh, kind of personal giving back projects, um, supplying schools with used school supplies. And that's when I started to make these discoveries um, that I was making these connections around the world and the small team we were working with, we were pretty good at it. We made this discovery that um, we found safe connections around the world. We had this network around the world in places like the east side of Africa. Um, but the other thing we discovered is that when it comes to volunteering, there are thousands and thousands of people in the United States that want to volunteer. They don't know how to kickstart that. They don't know the safe procedures. They don't have the network that we have. So that's really where it started. Um, there's another co-founder. Tyler Legallo. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with him on some marketing projects. And that's where it all started was this talk about, could we build a small nonprofit? We don't want to be this mega nonprofit where we could work with uh, each volunteer one-on-one, -on -one, each family and each community one-on-one. -on -one. Mm, that, that is awesome. Um, you know, in exploring the work that you've dedicated yourself to doing, let's begin with the name of your organization. How did the Four North Project get its name? Um, like most businesses, I'm assuming like most businesses or nonprofits, you start to think of that branding first. Um, in our case, we were thinking about what we wanted to offer. And there were four pillars that kept crossing over. We always wanted to work with education. We wanted projects that were based on education, sustainability, empowerment, and security. So that's actually where the four came from. It wasn't, okay, let's put a number in this. We just noticed that we continued to work with what we call our four cause areas, 
or, or um, pillars. So when we started working in these uh, different areas, we said, okay, well, there's a four here. So that's where it kind of came up. And I always talk to Tyler about having this direction of moving forward. Um, and because travel, so we started to kind of think outside of the box and we said, okay, when you talk about, hey, it's gone south, that usually means something's gone pretty poorly or bad. So the word north kept popping up. And um, I guess when you lay down a map and you look at north, it's always pointing forward. And that's the direction we want to head is, uh, is forward. So um, that's where uh, Four North started. Nice. All right. Um, you know, so to so let's get right into it now. That to address a number of problems, like you do, a number of solutions are required. So I'd like you now just to take a moment to share details about the number of programs that the Four North Project offers. Well, it's something that's always changing uh, because we're adapting, we are learning, every country's different. When we first started, um, and I'm not, I, I don't wanna say it was a mistake, but we didn't really have a home base. So we were kind of country hopping. We were doing work in Guatemala. We were doing work in um, Africa. Uh, so Uganda, Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania, Haiti, um, so we again started to discover that when we would land these programs in these countries it was different where we couldn't collect the proper data so we had to take a few steps back and say look we need a home base where we can have volunteers come in so uh, we started working with the dominican republic now some of the programs we've offered we still offer today some of them um, and there's nothing wrong with this some people come in and help us with the program they're one and done they come in and they say look i want to help you uh, kickstart a program and either they stay with it or maybe they move on um, or, or uh, we, we move the programs around where uh, we cancel it or revisit it. Um, some of the programs we've worked with, we've been heavily involved in education. So uh, STEAM programs in the classroom, science, technology, engineering, arts and math in the classroom. Um, we've been blessed to have personal protection programs for the young women in the communities. Um, dance empowerment programs, feeding the community, sports and activity camps. So what we've done in the last six months is we've taken all of these ideas and we've now compiled that into what we call skills for living. In the early days, um, we would ask educators to come out and support us. So you had to be a teacher. Now we're seeking people that have skill sets. So all of these different programs will fall under this umbrella of skills for living. So let's say a mechanic wants to come out and teach uh, the, the young students or children something about engines or maybe just to simply change a tire. Somebody that has a skill set that wants to share that skill set. Um, that's who we're working with uh, presently in the Dominican Republic. And again, um, one of the reasons why we started leaning toward kind of this home base is we now own that space instead of taking funding and taking some of the money that's donated and spending it on um, the accommodations we now have and i'm actually sitting in it right now we have a guest house in the dominican republic that sleeps 18 people mm -hmm. so again we're trying to to own some of that space so we're not using that funding so people can stay right here they have accommodations uh, we've changed it a little bit. In the early days, we had no air conditioning. That was pretty painful. Um, we didn't always have running water, electricity. Uh, we're actually without electricity today, but we have some big news. We are installing our first generator, so we will have electricity. That's being installed 
uh, later on today. So again, uh, we're just building those parts. We will have air conditioning for every single one of our volunteers in the future. And it may not sound like a big deal, but it's big news when you're out here in June and you can't breathe at night because it's so hot. Right, um, right. But again, we're trying to uh, make it more comfortable. And then I have to mention uh, the launch of our medical clinic, so called Stronger Together. Uh, this was a vision that I had um, from gosh, I'd say four years ago in Kenya, Africa, working with the team. You know, we wanted to do things a little different. Uh, we wanted to bring it to the Dominican Republic. We've been extremely blessed. Um, we are partnering with MedVenture app and Travel Nurse Takeover, which is an Instagram page. Um, the people we are working with, they are the heart and soul, and all of our volunteers are the heart and soul of what we do. Um, they, they are extremely instrumental in helping us. This is a group of travel nurses that travel around the United States and they come in a couple times a year and we hold these medical clinics. Very simple health checks, heart rate, blood pressure, sugar levels, uh, treatment of cuts and scrapes. Um, Non-medical eye exams have been huge for us. Uh, we just added physical therapy and medicine distribution. We partnered with a great organization called Perigo, uh, donating thousands and thousands of dollars of um, just pain relief. So simple, simple medicine that goes a long way out here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I just love the diversity of the support that you provide within your, your programs, um, one community at a time. You know, to speak more on that, you know, that some people say, go big or go home. However, we all know that bigger isn't always better. For the scale and scope of your work, your focus is on local communities. How has that been a win for the programs that you run? Well, let me go back and, and again, you know, we don't have this vision of becoming uh, a mega organization. And again, nothing against the very large organizations. We don't see ourselves having the staff of 5,000 and, and having a hundred thousand volunteers. We we what what we do best is connecting with not only the community one on one, but the individual families and our volunteers. You know, I I always you know as this starts to grow, I still continue to reach out to every single volunteer individually, whether that's through a text message or through email. We want to get to know them. I personally want to get to know them. You know, for me, it's all about building trust and following through on these projects creating that partnership. You know, when we walk into these communities, we never assume what they need or, or what they even want. We, we walk in with the translator, of course, in some cases, and talk to them about their struggles. We try to figure out and understand their struggles. And I've lived through some of this. In Africa, uh, I lived in a village eating one potato a day for 31 straight days. So I, I've done some of those things, um, living without um, clean water, living without um, usable water. So I've gone 60 days without taking a shower, just dumping maybe rainwater over my head, but understanding those struggles. Um, again, you know, we feel that th that part of it, connecting with those villages and those people, um, th that speaks volumes of our reputation. You know, in the last three years in the Dominican Republic, and we are proud of this. We've been building that reputation. They may not know who we are. They may not know. They certainly don't know my first name and I don't care. I don't care if they, they don't know the doctor's name, um, but they do recognize the branding. They, you know, we have different motor scooters we drive around and at any given time I can drive through a village and when they see that Four North logo, 
they know that something good is going to happen or we're going to bring something good to the community that they trust us. And, and many times I can drive down and they say, gracias, mi amigo, we love you, we love you, you know, and they're giving us a thumbs up and just giving us that thank you and that reassurance. So, and it, and it means a lot, but that's, that's what I feel that we've always done really well is connecting with the communities at a smaller scale and it works for us. That's awesome. Um, you know, so when there's a problem, funding is often what fuels a solution. It's the first thing that people throw out something. Then there are situations when cash alone doesn't cut it. For the solutions that you provide, sustainability is a requirement. Mm -hmm. So what have you done with the Four North Project to make the work you do sustainable for communities that you serve? Well, this sustainability is our most difficult pillar, and I feel that it's going to continue to be difficult, uh, especially with the pandemic that set us behind. So when we first started these sustainability goals, we were working with very simple, uh, smaller budgets and, and some kind of simple but impactful ideas. You know, maybe going to a community and uh, we've gone to several schools, planted trees, feeding the community sustainable, um, sustainability where um, you know they always have something to eat so we planted mango trees we've planted gardens so that's where it all started um, we've created jobs for people um, now what we want to do is we want to pass the torch so for example with our medical clinic the non-medical eye exams we want to create programs that we can walk in they don't have to be a doctor they don't have to be a nurse they don't need any special kind of certificate but um, we can give them a program that shows them how to give a non-medical eye exam. Um, and again, <laughs> um, it may seem silly to go in and just appoint some doctor in a village, but some of the areas we go, that's very normal. So if they're off the grid and outside of uh, the city center, they don't have access to any type of health care. So, you know, for us to go in and teach them how to give these non-medical eye exams, and give them two suitcases full of, of, you know, glasses, used glasses, and give them the charts. And all of that is in Spanish. And again, passing the torch. And then you create, you know, a very kind of simple but effective eye doctor from the community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be working right now. That That is awesome. And I love that. It's because it, it just goes back to the old, you know, that you don't give someone a, a fish, you give them, you teach them how to fish. You, and in your case, not only are you teaching them how to fish, but you're also equipping them with fishing poles, right? Like you're giving them the tools that they need exactly. to sustain. That's, exactly. that is and, awesome. And I will add, we don't always have wins. And I'll admit that we've gone into communities where we try to work with these people. We've had struggles. And it's, um, they're also teaching us, we want to make this right. Again, we never want to go in and bulldoze. We never want to go in, let's say we were building a bathroom. We don't want to go in and just invite volunteers in and just start building this bathroom. Well, then we're stealing jobs from people. Mm -hmm. So then we're kind of moving backwards. So what we try to do what, when we talk with the family and they say, hey, look, we need a bathroom. We've never had a toilet in our life. We say, okay, we have a handful of people that'll help guide this, but do you know anyone in your family that's a builder? And then they start reaching out to the community and say, guess what? We'll hire them. We will hire them and we'll pay them. So, and we'll work together. So we're also trying to create some jobs for people as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and speaking about what I love, what I love about what you do is again, how you do it. 
um, you serve the people receiving while serving the people who are giving. Can you share a story about a volunteer who signed up to give with their talent, with their time, and ended up getting so much in return for that? Um, I, I certainly, I, I can't pinpoint one volunteer because we've been extremely blessed. I've received notes and emails. Most volunteers that come over here, and probably most volunteers that are, are, are working with any organization, they of course have this heart that wants to give back and they look at this as an opportunity to maybe help someone or change, um, uh, maybe change a life. But it, it's, it's often that I receive these letters where someone will come out here and they'll walk through a village and, and they'll say, hey, look, Matt, I, I thought I was coming in here to help change a part of their life. And they realize that the people are helping change a part of their life. So, you know, I, I've gotten notes where they say, hey, you know, I, I kind of look at my life now and, and you know, is it a want thing or a necessity? Do I really want that, you know, iPhone 13 or do I need that iPhone 13? And they kind of question those things. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not against that. However, you know, however someone wants to live their life, I'm not against it. But they, they kind of sit back and they say, you know, my, my life is pretty good. You know, we are extremely fortunate. We come from one of the greatest countries in the world. We have access to things that people around the world just don't have access to. Uh, and I have a lot of volunteers that see that for the first time. You know, we, we built a bathroom for a young lady, uh, Josephine, 72 years old, has never used a toilet before. He said, wow, you know, and when, when we first went on site, we walked on the property and kind of looked around and asked the obvious, well, where is the bathroom? Well, there is no bathroom. They just go out, you know, in, in the field. And so again, it was a complete joy to go in and build a water cistern and, and build a tank and a tower and, and install this. Um, but again, that word started to spread uh, throughout the community. And now we have people kind of seeking us, asking us uh, if we can help. And we love that, we want to help. You know, we certainly can't help every single family out there uh, but we're doing our best. Mm -hmm. Just just one engagement at a time. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how you just you know spoke to the fact that people said they going there wanting to make a change for someone else and finding a change in themselves as a result of that. Um, just the work you're doing is inspiring. and um, thank you so much for thank for sharing you. your story. It's um, thank you for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.